Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. I want to continue today to share on identity. The reason we are able to reconnect with our identity is because of the birth of Jesus. He gave us chat. Identity. I want to remind you that identity, the issue of identity is one of the five life questions that we have to properly answer in our own personal life with meaning so that we can become all that God intended for us to be. So the question of who am I? is extremely critical to you becoming your potential and becoming all that God intended for you to be, for you to be able to climb into your destiny. And as I said before, the birth of Jesus, one of the very interesting thing and important thing about the birth of Jesus is that it brings hope. There was a time when our identity was lost, our sense of direction, our hope was gone. But the scripture that was read this morning from Isaiah said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Thank God that the light has shined upon us and has given us a chance to reach out to becoming our best and move forward in Christ. I want to remind you that identity is rooted in origin. Okay? And your origin is not in your ethnicity. I am not ashamed of the color of my skin, but your identity is not in that. It is not in your ethnicity. Whatever color your skin is, that's not your real origin. Your identity is not in Africa or Europe. Your real identity is in God. He is your origin. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, Bible said, God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. In other words, with our nature and character so that he can represent us. Let us make a species called man. And so you are of that species this morning. And your origin is in God. His nature and character was placed in you so that you can properly represent him. Amen? So let's not be confused here about our identity. So the reason why Jesus was born into this world was not for hype. Well, sometimes... We have a tendency in life as human beings, we love to do things for hype. But Jesus was not born for hype. He wasn't born to seek attention. People need to seek attention. So all this old situation with Herod calling wise men and, and, and they going to seek Jesus and the wise men brought gifts and all of that, that helped to make the story 
but that's not the purpose why he was born for the final fair. God's mission in the birth of Jesus was to reinstate man to his original place in God. That place that man fell from. That is why the Bible tells us now in Corinthians that God was in Christ reconciling or bringing back the world unto himself. That's why he was born, to reconcile you to God. Because when Adam fell, or remember that the entire human race was placed inside of Adam. So when Adam sinned, the Bible said all sinned. So when Adam fell and lost his identity, all fell and lost their identity. So when Jesus was born, the Bible says God was in Christ reconciling or bringing back, rejoining the world to himself. All right, bringing you back to your sense of identity. That's the mission of the birth of Jesus. So the birth of Jesus formally started the redemptive process of man. In other words, if he wasn't born, he couldn't die. And if he never died, he couldn't redeem man. So the birth of Jesus started the redemptive process. So the birth of Jesus was what you call the catalyst for the redemptive work of man. I want to read two scriptures to, to identify some things in there just to show you that the birth of Jesus was for you. You know, the birth of Jesus was really a step down for him because he is eternal to be born of a human being. That's a step down for Christ. That's a step down for Jesus. That's why the songs say things like he left the splendor of heaven. And why he stepped down? For you. To reinstate you to your position in God. To reinstate your identity. So let's read Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. We really, out of these verses, want to reinforce the point that you're the reason for this birth. So it's a good thing to celebrate. It's a good thing to give thanks for life. It's a good thing to be happy at Christmas because your redemption started with the birth of Jesus. So look at the opening line, opening line here in Isaiah 9. Unto who? Unto us. Does that include you? Yes. You better be there. Unto us a child is born. Who's a child? Jesus. Unto us. Unto us a child is born. The purpose of his birth was unto you to reinstate you to your position that you fell from to man. It wasn't merely about Joseph and Mary going to be taxed and that old story. That happened to be a part of uh, the journey. That, or that's a description, really, of the journey. But the purpose of the journey is you.
unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Very, very important lines there. We're not, we can't get into that today, but I want you to notice that the child was born, the son was given. Because the child is Jesus, the physical person that Mary gave birth to, and he was born to you. But Christ, Christ is the son, the eternal part that existed before the beginning that is eternal. So Mary gave birth to Jesus, but she never really gave birth to Christ. So the son, Christ, was given to us. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. What better gift that you could ever need in your life? If you've never ever received a gift in your life and you've been feeling uh, bad about that, today is a day to change that mentality because this is the greatest gift that could ever be given. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Believe in should not perish. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Oh, that's a very interesting part again because, oh yeah, when I just got born again and just started preaching, I used to think that means the governments of the world, the, the GLP and the PNP government and the Republican and the Democrats and all that. I ain't talking about that. It's not talking about that kind of government. It's talking about the government of the kingdom of God. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Shoulder there speaks to responsibility. And so it is saying that he, the son, has the responsibility of reintroducing the government, the authority, the, 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 the kingdom of God to mankind. Because when Adam fell, he lost the kingdom of God. And because all human beings, the entire human race was in Adam, then all human beings lost the kingdom. So Jesus was set uh, to reintroduce the government of the kingdom of God to mankind. So the government of the kingdom of God shall be upon his shoulder. And we'll prove that in, in, a, in a few moments here. That is talking about the government of the kingdom of God. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Now, you know as long as you have lived, we've seen some governments in power in this world for a long time, but none of them can say no end. So we see it's not talking about the governments of the world, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it, to establish that government with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want to read another portion in St. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 10 to 11. Those two verses. As we establish, fortify, reinforce our understanding as it relates to our identity in God. We look at these scriptures. The angel said to them, 
do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of uh, tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. It says, I bring who? You, you. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. All people. So this ain't for the animals. It, it ain't for even the counsel of the Godhead in terms of dear life. They didn't need to be saved. It says, this shall be unto all people. For there is born unto, born to who? There is born to you. To you. The birth of Jesus was for you to change your position, to redirect you, to give you hope. To reinstate you in God to help you to understand who you really are. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So we see right there that Jesus was born unto you. So Heal every situation in your life to address the matters of your life. That is why Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to bind up or to heal the broken arms. Oh, yeah, there are so many of those that need to be. Well, he said, That is why I'm here to, to heal the broken arm, to Proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind so that you can see, I won't forget, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. You know, sometimes people feel like they're failures because of all uh, the course of their life has gone. Many people think that they're failures, failures and think that people... Some people just can't wait. Sometimes you come up with the conclusion that some people were born to win, some were just not born to win. Like some of us are just not going to make it. Well, the devil is a lot. That is not from God. He intended for all of us to win. He went to the cross for all of us. And I came into that reality some years ago that no other human being on the face of the earth has any more right to win than me. No other human being anywhere in spite of, irrespective of the amenities around them, no other human being has no more right to win than you. He was born for that. In fact, can I inform you? Remind you this morning that you were born a winner. The scientists say that there were approximately 200 million sperm cells chasing after that egg in your mother's womb to fertilize it. 200 million. I need the 100 meters that the Olympics have about it. <laughs> what a race. And guess what? You won. What? Any other cell had won that race, you wouldn't be here today. 
So the fact that you are tuning into this service this morning means that you are a winner. You were born a winner. And uh, may I say to you that it wasn't by chance that you won. It was by design. God intended it to be so because he has you in the palm of his hands. One of the reasons why Jesus, one of the purpose why Jesus was born was so that you can rediscover. The purpose why Jesus was born was so that you can rediscover who you are. He wants you to rediscover that. That you can rediscover your identity. Because please remember that your identity has ripple effect throughout your life. You will behave according to who you think you are. So it is important to understand who you are so that you can be the kind of individual and success that God intended for you to be. So your identity speaks to what your whole life is supposed to represent. It is not just a feel good in a moment factor. Your identity, who you are, speaks to what your entire life is supposed to represent. Therefore, if you don't know your identity, your true identity, it is highly likely that your life will be a misrepresentation of what it ought to be and will not bring the true fulfillment that God intended. So you might have a little fun here and there. You might earn a little money. There might be a season when you earn good money, but then something else rob your jaw. Because if you don't understand what your life is supposed to represent, then the issues, the forces, the things of the world will pull you into all kinds of different directions, suggesting that this is where fulfillment is. And this is where you can really find peace and joy. But God sent his son, Jesus, so that you can rediscover your identity. No. Self-esteem and confidence are directly linked to your identity. How you feel about yourself is directly linked to your identity, knowing who you are. When you know who you are, you will stop uh, being intimidated by other people. And I, I don't care what they have, if you know who you are, you can stand and declare that, listen, I am not perturbed, I'm not disturbed, because I know who I am. No other human being that has ever walked this earth was more confident in their identity than Jesus. Remember I said, your identity speaks to what your whole life is supposed to represent. And Jesus was on the ball every waking moment of his life. I am the bread of life. Because, you see, the kingdom and his father 
is about life. So he represents life. His identity is about life and he represents life. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the fountain of living water. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm life. They confronted him one day and he confidently declares it. Listen, before Abraham I was, they couldn't deal with it. They took up stones. And you think he was going to finish there? <laughs> no, he continued. I am the light of the world. Very confident in his identity. Your life was meant to be a representation of your identity. So that is why now you have to stand in the midst of some situations at home, at work, at church, in the community and say, no, I don't do that because I am the light of the world. You know your identity. No, I, I can't do that. I'm sorry, I can't do that. You can laugh at me and think I'm crazy, but I don't do that because I am the light of the world. You see, there are some different genes in me that is not working in you. If you don't re uh, receive Jesus, you have some different things working in you that is not working in me, so I can't do that. But everybody is doing it. Well, I represent God, and that makes me different. You were not meant to represent everybody around you. You were meant to represent God. So as a representative of God, I represent that means you have the nature and character of God inside of you so that you can function like God. So it is not just that he asks, is asking you to represent him without giving you the tools. He put in you the ability to represent him. He created you with his nature and his ability to function like him. And when that was lost, he was so persistent, he was so determined that it must happen that Jesus came for you to reinstate you to that position. So now you have to ask yourself, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do I represent God with 10 being there? How does my life represent God? And you have to answer that question. To function like God means that you do what God would do if he was faced with the circumstances that you are facing. If Jesus was in your position, when somebody is trying to provoke you, what would he do? You have to function like him. The world puts pressure on us all the time to function like the world. I was in a line some time ago in a store trying to get an item. There was a little space between me and the person that was in front of me who bowled the women. Walked in the space, stood in front of me. So I looked at them, and the people behind me started quarreling. Where does mine come from? Just allow the people to walk in front of him like that and whatever. We're, you know, casting out their arguments again. So I waited until they calmed down. I said, I don't have to behave like you guys do. Because what is happening in our society today? If these two older women believe that this is the best example 
that they can say for the younger people and the generations around us. That is so sad. And the ladies, held down your heads and respect our work. And you have to go on the first bad one like everybody else. I represent God. And even if it's late that they were going to continue in the land, I'm okay with that. But I'm telling you that there is more power in representing God than in representing the world. You have to keep fighting and begging people's approval when you represent the world. How many times you need to do something and have to get this person to stamp and to sign and have to beg and all of that, and they tell you, come back tomorrow because you need their approval. When you represent God, you need no one to stamp anything. You just need to remember who you are. The animals, as I said, cannot function like God. The devil cannot function like God because they don't have the nature and character of God inside of them. You, the species called human being, has the nature and character of God, the image and likeness of God inside of you, and you can function like God, and God is depending on you to do that. You know, an orange tree cannot produce apples. We all know that. Because it doesn't have the, the makeup, the, the genetics to produce apples. Only the species called man can function like God because man, the born again man, has the genetics of God inside of him to properly represent God. And that's who you are. You are a representative of God. You are a representative of representative of God. You are, in, in fact, the Bible says, you are an ambassador of the Lord. We're going to read that scripture in a moment. But you represent God anywhere you are. And you have to be conscious of that. That's your identity. Your life on earth, your disposition in life is a reflection of the God that you serve. You are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said when he was teaching that very powerful sermon on the mount. He said, you are the light of the world. Now remember, first of all, he said, I am the light of the world. And he is giving you that responsibility to represent him as the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So you cannot be light and darkness at the same time. And you know, we know that God forgives sins. That's totally understandable, but you have to understand that it doesn't necessarily mean that because your sins are forgiven, consequences of those sins are not going to still have its impact. It's very, very crucial. And it's a very difficult thing to hear believers having to start praying for crop failure, for harvest failure, because the consequences of what you do is going to produce a harvest. We're used to thanking God for the harvest, not fasting. God, please don't allow this harvest to come. It's a dangerous position to be in. And the thing is that you can't twist God's up. In fact, look how dangerous this is. Many times in the scripture, you know how that harvest was, was hindered or circumvented? It was by removing the person 
that committed the crime or the sin. They die. So we have to understand that how we represent God is absolutely critical. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. It says, Now then, we are ambassadors of, for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God so that you can be the kind of ambassador that you are supposed to be. Now, let's look at this, this word ambassador for a moment. The word means sent one. It means sent on behalf of another. It is the same meaning as missionary. So an ambassador is a sent one. There are some things to understand about ambassador. One, an ambassador don't send himself. Never ever send themselves. They are always sent by a government. So you being an ambassador of Christ means that you did not send yourself. And it means that your identity is wrapped up in who sent you. Next thing about an ambassador is that an ambassador never ever represent himself. He represents the country sending it. Oh my, we have lived our lives representing ourselves because we don't know who we are. You represent God. That's your identity. That is why he said, you are the light of the world. You represent me. An ambassador, ambassador is what we call a fully authorized representative of the sender. And so, an ambassador is not responsible for himself. The country, the government sending him is responsible for him. Do you know that if the American ambassador to Jamaica gets in an accident here, you don't ask him any question? He leaves the scene, or somebody come and pick him up, he talks to his government. Is government boxing in the mission. I will never forget, I was in India teaching on being an ambassador of the law. And immediately after we finished the service, a lady came up to me and said, sir, I want you to know that I listened carefully to everything you said. And I just returned from Antigua as the ambassador of India to Antigua. So I almost got frightened a little bit. She said, and everything you said is true. That's how an ambassador operates. And I said, praise the Lord. So I was leaving India and I had a flight that was kind of winding around India before flying back to the United States. I uh, was flying from a place named New Delhi to a, another place named Ahmedabad. Then from Ahmedabad to Mumbai, and from Mumbai to Noah. Now, my flight from uh, New Delhi to Ahmedabad was 
Bible about six hours. So the flight from Ahmedabad to Mumbai that I was supposed to connect on was leaving like at 9.37 in the night to go over to Mumbai. It's the last connection for the next two days. When the flight from Mumbai started its descent to land in Ahmedabad, and the captain announced that we were going to land at 9.45. It dawned on me, I said, oh my goodness. If my flight is leaving 9.37 and he's landing at 9.45, by the time we get to the gate with that kind of airport, it will be about 10 o'clock. Uh, I missed the flight. And you know, those of you that travel that, really, you get to the airport two hours ahead of time. And in India, the security check is extraordinary. You need another two hours, believe me. Because after you go through all the security check, you go outside and be um, physically searched again by personnel and all of that. So when I saw what was happening, I'm telling you, I said, Lord, I just preached to the people in India and told them that the ambassador is not responsible for himself. The government sending him is responsible for it. And I came to India and government business for the kingdom of God. And I put this matter in the hands of my government right now in the name of Jesus. It's exactly the purpose. And I rock up my seat. Like landed as they were taxiing to the gate about two minutes before we parked. An announcement came over the aircraft, uh, came in the aircraft. Said, we're asking everyone to remain seated. And Mr. Orton Deeds, please make your way to the front. Got a stop out, got up front, and they said, Are you going to Mumbai? I said, Yes. So, well, we don't know why, but the flight is waiting on you alone. Everybody is on board, and we don't know why, but you're the only person that the flight is waiting on for Mumbai. I said, Well, and they asked me, they said, Describe your, your bag. I described the bag and I heard them telling another one on the radio to search for the bag in about two minutes. The, they called back, so we have located the bag and it, is, it has been transferred to the other flight. We're just waiting on the passenger. They had an official took, uh, that took me through all the shortcuts through that airport, cutting out all the searches and everything. I got to the other aircraft, I got to the, the door, and I saw the captain and he looked me in my face. Up and down said, are you Mr. Gates? I said, yes, sir. So I just tried to explain. I don't know why, but you know, this flight is waiting on your alone. We've been boarded from Ogohawa. And for some reason, we're waiting on you. An ambassador of the Lord. My government had to take charge of the situation. Sometimes we go through some pain because we don't know who we are. We don't know the government that we work for. I got on that aircraft. Immediately I sat down. They closed the door and the aircraft was off in a, in a matter of a few minutes. When you know who you are, you can make demand on your government. And the reason why Jesus was born was to give you that opportunity to be reinstated 
in God and to find your true identity in God. I am a representative of the Lord. When you represent God, it makes a difference. Because ain't no identity in life more important than your identity in God. So, listen to me. I'm going to close with this thought. If you represent your job better than how you represent your God, you don't know who you are. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.